everyone, welcome back to Glow Says Let's Talk Local. Season 5, What Art Thou? Where Art Thou? brings us to Chinatown today. Chinatown to me was the place we drove to from Burnaby every weekend to buy groceries and best of all get barbecue pork buns and these rice cakes, slices of white rice cakes. They were actually triangular slices, chewy and slightly sweet. I just don't see them around anymore these days. Now, this was during a time when going out anywhere was like a big occasion, at least in my family. I don't recall just hopping in the car to head out to restaurants and places to see what was going on in town. It just wasn't the same vibe back then. I just remember everything being really quiet. We spent a lot of family time in parks like Burnaby Mountain and Port Moody and going to the original Brentwood Mall, which was also quiet. So our weekly trips to Chinatown were these incredible observational experiences for me, as all I did was watch and listen to everybody bustling about. And it seemed like that's what everyone was doing. They were like racing about. It never occurred to me that these people were mostly Chinese or that they spoke something other than English. To me, it was just a place where it was noisy, colorful, fragrant, and sometimes not so fragrant, but overall it was spectacular. Over the years, in my view, Chinatown went from busy and vibrant to almost abandoned, then to hip and mainstream again. Anyway, those are my own experiences of Chinatown. I can't say that I frequent the neighborhood much now with so many food options on offer in Richmond and in so many parts of Vancouver in general. So I didn't even know there were art galleries or art opportunities in Chinatown at all, except for maybe Dr. Sun Yat-sen Garden. And even then, I'm embarrassed to admit, I've never been. You'll hear more about that later. So I'm excited to discuss with Kristen about all the art that we can see and enjoy in this neighborhood. Hello, and welcome back to Glow Says Let's Talk Local. And today, the neighborhood we're exploring a bit, at least, in terms of art, is in Chinatown. But we're not talking about the food and we're not talking about and something unusual there, something unusual you can buy or something to recommend that's found in Vancouver only, nothing kitschy or touristy. Rather, we are going to, there to explore the art today. So I'm excited. I actually didn't know there was that much art in Chinatown, but apparently there is. So I'm glad that we have Kristen here to guide us along. So Kristen, tell us a little bit. What is on offer in Chinatown? galleries, big installations, some special exhibition, what should we see? Yeah, so Chinatown actually is home to numerous um, contemporary art galleries and interesting art spaces. There are a numerous artist-run centers, which is another form of art space, like Access Gallery, Art Speak, Center A, Canton Sardine. Yeah, we could talk a little bit about those. Well, you know what? That would be great because just those words alone, when we, she and I first started talking about them, I'm like, what? I've never heard of any of these spaces. And I didn't realize an artist run center is like a thing. <laughs> so maybe you could explain a little bit, like what is an artist run center? Is it like, like, how's it different from a public art gallery or a private space? <laughs> it <laughs> is a thing. Yeah. Um, it's a non, not-for-profit organization, essentially. Yeah. Um, it has a, a long history in Canada, 
um, beginning in the late 60s and early 1970s. Okay. Um, and it almost started as, you know, for simplicity, like an anti-gallery. So offering artists who would come together to offer um, something that was not a commercial gallery. Of course, um, the 60s and, and 70s, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was anti. Yeah. Offered artists an opportunity to connect, to show their work, and to just put forward new um, artist-driven ideas. So a few of them are actually in Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah, Access Gallery, it's moved to different locations, but its current space is in Chinatown on East Georgia Street, 222 okay. East Georgia. Yep. And its mission is, it says, to create conditions of emergence for provocative ideas and work in the visual arts. And I think that's pretty indicative of many artist-run centers. They create program that is a bit more risk-taking, a bit more experimental, and with always with a focus on the artist, allowing artists to lead the direction of what they want to show. Okay. Rather than, for example, a commercial gallery, which might um, be worried or concerned about sales. Right. That's true. Okay. Another artist-run center, not too far, is called Art Speak. Okay. And they have their focus is is to incorporate writing, yeah. critical writing, art writing, and unfortunately, they're closed right now as well oh, okay. due to COVID. They have a long history in in Vancouver and in across Canada. Okay. Um, that's an Western center. I was really surprised to learn that there, okay. I didn't know about art speak, but access gallery art speak, you touched on that. And then there's one called center a, I was like, what's that? And then Cardine <laughs> as well. <laughs> so Cardine, it's a great name. Center a is another artist friend center. It's uh, moved like access. It's held, held various locations in Vancouver, okay. um, and it is currently located in the Sunwa Center in in Chinatown. Well, and it said on the website, it's the only public art gallery in Canada dedicated to contemporary Asian art and Asian diasporic art. But yeah, also really, really interesting programming. I'm just trying to think, something I saw there recently was like media art. There's often lots of media art. Well, and how big are these places, though? Like, as you're looking it up, are they like Access Gallery, Art Speak, Century, Canton, Sardine? Are they just a room? Because, they're of course, small. online it looks kind of big. They're quite small. It's, you know, okay. like imagine like a retail store space. Okay. In yeah. Chinatown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. in the Sunwa Center, um, it's a, it's an interesting space. It's, it's a mall, basically. Yeah. But many of the spaces have been, um, thanks to the BC Artscape, have been um, dedicated to cultural activities. So, so organizations like Center A, Kenton okay. uh, Sardine, who's in sort of the, the basement of this building. It also is home to a lot of artist studios. Okay. Um, it's a really, really interesting, interesting space uh, yeah. next to the yeah. retail and stuff like that. I can't believe there's so many things that goes on in this city. That's amazing. Okay. Um, okay. So good. That So I would imagine places like that need support and want support and they're artist run. So that's cool. That's a different bent than a sort of big city type gallery that's curated, you know, by someone. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, you know, but it's just, it's different, uh, right? Yeah. Different. Yeah. yeah. And definitely more experimental and more of right. interdisciplinary, I would say. So you okay. get a mix of all kinds of media and a big part of Artist Friend Center culture in its origins. It's a place to showcase performance art. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's still um, performance, a performative aspect to many of these galleries programming. We were talking about who supports these galleries. Um, So the general public, but a lot of the funding comes from the Canada Council for the Arts, as well as the BC Arts Council, in addition to private, private donors. Okay, that makes sense. Now, are they sort of the only four that there are in the Lower Mainland, or is there quite a lot of them? These artist-run there are several. There are several others. Okay, uh, one of the earliest artist-run centers um, is called the Western Front. It's okay, located in Mount Pleasant. I worked there for a number of years. Yeah, they were established in 1973, so definitely okay. one of the earliest artist-run centers. Okay, others. There's Grunt Gallery, and I can't think of what else. Yeah, and a little bit about Kent on Sardine because I just I love the name and it's um, relatively new. It's located in the basement of the uh, Sunwa Center, right? And it was started by um, a curator, I want to say. Okay, see, a curator and an artist. So Stephen Dragon, who's the director and the curator. Hao Yan Yang, who's a curator based in China and here, I believe. Okay. Um, and then Lam Wong, who's an artist as well as a curator. Okay. And I thought I read that they're, whoever the original people were, were originally from the province of Canton. Is that right? In China? So uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, Cantonese, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And sardine, I don't know what that referred to, but maybe it was, I think it was the space or something. I want to say. Yes. Um, yeah. Is yeah. it? It's just a cool name. It's catchy. There's Canton Sardine. It's about the name Canton Sardine. You're right. I think some of the founding or the curators or directors are from Guangzhou, so the Canton province. And then they describe on their website the sardine part of the name. Uh, it says, to this day, the term white cube has become synonymous with art galleries and spaces. Nevertheless, it is no longer an adequate description for today's artist-run institutes. We hope to replace the word space with sardine. Because other than exhibitions, an artist-run space also carries curatorial and publishing functions, as it can also be a site for artist residencies and bookstores, among many other roles. So sardine is their word for space. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I like it. It just is such a catchy name. It feels like it should be a brand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Canton Sardine. Um, what else is there to see besides those, the art-run centers? And we named it, again, we should name the Access Gallery, Art Speak, Center A, Canton Sardine. Sort of like the, not opposite end, but totally different than Artist-run Center and Artist-run Culture. We had yes. the Rennie Museum. Something I love to tell people to visit in Chinatown is the Mreni Museum. He's a long patron of the arts, a a very established art collector, Mm. um, very serious collector. And he collects artists from sort of when they're emerging and throughout their entire career. Yeah. So he amasses, he collects the entire spectrum basically of an artist's work. Wow. That's Um, amazing. Like an entire portfolio of an artist's artist's work. Yeah. Um, so like on view, Barclay L. Hendricks, there's work from the seventies until oh, more recent. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like it's a hidden gem. The building itself is absolutely 
beautiful. It's a wow. historic building. It's called the Wing Sang Building, and it's been restored, renovated, so it's a gallery space, but still preserving many of the historical and original elements of the building. Oh, so it's worth visiting just to see this building alone. Okay. You enter, and when you go up into the gallery space, there's one part where you're sort of walking through this narrow passage, and you're kind of between brick buildings. And then you look up to sort of their upstairs office. I think it's their boardroom, and it's actually it was actually a classroom. Oh, um, they've kept chalkboard, preserved a chalkboard from its classroom days. Just really beautifully done. Okay. And then another sort of secret spot. It's not secret, but just don't forget to visit is to make your way up to the rooftop. Okay. There's art. There's sculpture up there, and it's it offers a Great view of the city. There is a neon sign by Martin Creed. Everything is going to be all right. And what else? Like, like okay, that's a private museum, I guess you could say, but it's free, so that's great, right? Would you call it a private museum or private gallery? Yes, it's a private gallery. Yeah. Okay, but it's free. There's also oh, we touched on this when we were talking before. Doctor Sun Yat Sen Garden, which is yeah. not exactly a museum, but it's also has contemporary art things, you said. Yes. Can't yes. forget about the Sun Yat-sen Gardens. It's a place I often sort of forget about, or I don't think of, of going there. I don't plan a visit there. But in addition to the beautiful garden, there are actually many art and cultural events too. Cool. They have like an artist in residence program where they invite an artist to, I guess, use the space as a studio or curate exhibitions or something like that. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but they have some notable contemporary art exhibitions too. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a great space. I mean, it, you know, in a sense, I mean, functionally, it's like a purpose-made space, right? It really looks like those gardens in Suzhou from way back. I mean, that's what it's, I think, meant to look like or built like. I think it's beautiful. But unfortunately, I've only seen the outside because <laughs> I don't know what kind of Vancouverite I am, but I've actually never been inside the Dr. Sun Yat Sen Garden. So I'm embarrassed. I can't believe that, Gloria. <laughs> I can't believe that, Gloria. I know. Like what we used to go on field trips in preschool. I know. Like, (laughs) but you know what? To be fair, I don't think it existed when I was in preschool. So I want to say it was built when I was in, I don't know, college maybe or late high school. Oh gosh. (laughs) Are there that many years between you and me, Kristen? Probably. (laughs) But, but, but I'm glad it's still there and it is beautiful. And I didn't really appreciate that we had it to be perfectly honest until the first time I went to Suzhou in China and Suzhou is known for their famous ancient gardens. And there's so many tours about them and tour guides and docents and people that know so much about them. And I was called out once, you know, at, while I was visiting one of these gardens and they were like, oh, but there's a beautiful example of it in North America and Vancouver. I'm like, oops, yep. It's perfect that it's part of this segment of art because it's not just your an ordinary garden. Do you know what I mean? It's not a garden that we would think of as a beautiful garden with lots of beautiful colors and lots of different patterns and different types and blooming at different times. It, it's not that kind of garden, to, I, I think. I mean, I'm not having been there, but in Suzhou, it was all about the placement of the tree and, you know, how, where it was facing and, you know, how 
you know, why it was put there. And you know what I mean? It was all very purposeful and quite sparse, actually, for my sensibilities. It was yes. more smart, more minimalist. More minimalist. Yes. 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 Exactly. Very peaceful. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully that wasn't too silly a review of something that I've never been to, <laughs> but I'm glad you have. And they've had musical concerts and stuff there too, right? As we know. Piano yes. Concerts. They used yeah. to have a regular summer concert series yeah so hopefully you know that will start up again yeah in the in the coming year yeah yeah no i hope so too and what else can we and that's a bit of everything that's like artist run extensive private collection and a garden that's quite a bit in a small area you know that's pretty good yes it is definitely a cultural hub in in our city and one more place i wanted to mention was the chinese canadian museum Mm, okay. This is new, and their inaugural exhibition is called A Seat at the Table, Chinese Immigration and British Columbia. Mm, yeah. This is on Pender Street, and it's a fantastic exhibition which brings together people's stories, Chinese Canadians. It shares their stories of immigration through videos. There are some art installations as well some interactive pieces there's like an ar video piece where you you put on this head gear i don't know what it's called (laughs) and you look like you're in a city in a village in china Um, like a 360 you know you can look around 360 view okay Um, and it's sister exhibition um also a seat at the table is on at the museum of vancouver museum of vancouver is in um vanier park Oh, Museum of Vancouver. Okay, sorry, you came yeah, in too late, so I didn't um, catch that. Okay, at the Museum of Vancouver. Planetarium. <laughs> at the Planetarium, did you say? Yeah, that's where the Museum of Vancouver is. Is it? Next to the Vancouver Academy of Music, yes. Okay, well, but this okay. is a really we'll fantastic exhibition. And as, you know, a Chinese-Canadian, I just found the stories fascinating. I, you know, could remember my grandmother and my mother, like, talking about some of these stories about what what it was like when they first moved to Canada and to Vancouver in 1965. And it's, I just feel like it's a really well done exhibition and really worth checking out. You know, I'm glad to know that Vancouver has uh, a little hub now or growing hub of Chinese history, because I think in North America, Vancouver has got to be one of the spots where there's, you know, a significant Asian population, right? So it's, there's things that we think we know about it in the modern world, but it's nice to go back to the roots and to think about how, which is a different kind of society really back then, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, great. So, okay. So when you go to Chinatown, there's all these things you can see in terms of art, but of course people also go to Chinatown for other things. And I would say that's food like Chinese cuisine? Like what's the first thing you think of? If you were to show up in a Chinatown, like in, I don't know, wherever, what are you going to look for? Definitely a Chinese bakery. Yep. yep. Dean buns, pork buns, or like I would think of dim sum. Dim sum, yes. Yeah. So I have to tell you that when I used to live in San Francisco, I was quite snobby about the Chinese bakery thing (laughs) because (laughs) I, to me, like if you've got the right bun, like, or in the right proportions, and I mean, meat to bun and the right size bun and all that, the taste of the bun, to me, that kind of indicates like that's a good place or a good bakery. And a lot of the places in San Francisco had these gigantic, like to me, oversized, like buns on steroids. I didn't get it. You know, (laughs) 
um, with either too much meat or too much filling. But I was proven wrong in that many of them were very tasty. They're very good. And honestly, for the size, um, they were very inexpensive. It was really quite a value. Yes. <laughs> They'd be like a dollar, you know? <laughs> so. yeah. When I lived in London in the UK, I taught a family, I, ta- I teach piano, and yeah. I taught a fa- family that lived in Chinatown in London. Okay. And nice I would go that. there, after, you know, after a lesson, I'd grab like a steamed steamed bun. It was like a pound or something, <laughs> you know? Right. And it was and like that would fill you up. Um, but what about now is that what like all the modern folk all the millennials and you know all that is that where they are they looking for buns in Chinatown now or (laughs) you should make Chinatown is more like hip you know like it's got other stuff going on now they might be but in recent years there's been a whole slew of like new new businesses um eateries coffee shops opening up a whole bunch of like vegan, you know, restaurants and which is funny. <laughs> vegan. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. Not, not that there's anything funny about vegan, but the fact that you know, when I think of Chinatown, honestly, I'll just come right out and say I think of barbecue pork buns. Like that's what I think of. Uh, yeah. you know, pork and, and sides of pork and a, a lot of pork belly. Yeah. <laughs> basically, roast meats in the window and yeah, yeah. But there's so many new businesses, eateries opening up, and I think that's a big draw for. For people, yeah, uh, myself included. I like matchstick coffee, propaganda. There's this new donut place called Mellow. Have you tried that? No, I keep seeing it in my Instagram feed and it looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> I would like this brioche yeah. bun. Brioche donut. But what does that mean? Like Ill. that? Just that's really like soft and airy. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. Like that's doubling down on the calories for sure. Yummy fillings, strawberry matcha, you know, chocolate hazelnut. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And they have a storefront though. Yes. Like you can go up and pick. Okay, cool. Yes. Because I've heard, okay, let's see. I've heard of a place also called Buttermere. I don't know if they have a storefront, but they seem to do cakes and things and, you know, mm-hmm. with, yeah, beautiful sort of flavors. And, you know, I just followed them on Instagram. I think they look good. But I have had, I was so excited when this place opened. Is it called Creme Crackle? You know, I should have looked it up. It's a Crackle Creme, sorry. Crackle Creme, it's a creme brulee place. Anyways, it was really, really good. And I thought, oh, how decadent and awesome to have like a little sort of, you know, Crackle, I don't know, just a creme brulee that you can pick up and eat. It's so nice. They yeah. are really good. Yeah. yeah. And unique in Vancouver. I don't know of any other yeah. place that specializes in right? creme brulee. Yeah. Uh, what else have they got going there? I've noticed ramen places. Mm-hmm. They have the ramen forever bacon. popular Nam Pen. Oh, some places I've been wanting to try, like Thank You Pizza. They operate, I believe, in the same space as Honeybee, which is another place I've been wanting to try. It's mentioned this too. Yeah, there's always there's always a line out the door. It's a, the brunch spot, and then I guess afternoons and evenings, then Thank You Pizza takes over, and oh. um, they make pizza out of this like wood burning oven outside. So that, but that's different um, than pizza coming soon. <laughs> yes, to be confused with another new joint, pizza yes. coming soon, yes. which doesn't serve pizza. Yeah. I think it's like Japanese something <laughs> inspired. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So you can get barbecue pork buns. You can go vegan. You can find pizza or go to a place called Pizza Coming Soon, which has no pizza. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then there's these great restaurants, right? I think you and I were talking about this Nancy Go Yaya. Yeah, that's yeah. the newest of of um, Bao Bay, Casa Tanto. Yeah. yeah. And their newest restaurant is Nancy Go Yaya. Yeah. Which looks amazing. Yes, it totally looks amazing. Oh, and we have to talk about this. Well, we don't have to, but I noticed this blind tiger dumpling. So if you're listening to the show and you're going to come, you may want to check it out. It's like, I like the name alone. Blind yeah. tiger dumplings, right? Blind is spelled B-L-D tigers T-G-R dumplings. So what's missing? It's the eyes, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I think that, and I think on the website it says that owner is quoted as saying, "If a tiger is blind, it doesn't have eyes." So you know, done, done. <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> yeah, and they have a. Well, that's a. It's a fun spot. Yes. It's new. It's it's like a a speakeasy right in the heart of Chinatown. So awesome. It's yep. not quite secret, but order the number seven. And you'll <laughs> Let into the back room where they have amazing cocktails and food, including some dumplings, actually. Oh, do they? Okay, good. Anyways, great. Wow, that's lots. Actually, that is way more than I thought. Like I, you know, I blow through Chinatown on my way to places, but I think it's time to spend a day down there and check it out. Check out Definitely. The Check out the some art too. Okay. Well, thanks. That's that's a lot of great information about a age-old place that is yeah very important to this city this part of the world okay so until next show i'll talk to you soon thanks gloria okay talk to you later bye well i hope you enjoyed a sardine or two while listening to where art thou opportunities in chinatown today for the next few weeks we will discuss the east van culture crawl talk to the vancouver mural festival interview Ken Lum, who is an internationally renowned artist who hails from Vancouver originally, and will even talk to a local docent or two. Find all the visual content at Glow Says on Instagram. Are you on Instagram yet? If not, go join up and send me your first message at Glow Says. I'll write back to you there. For Kristen's many art adventures, find her at kristen.art.travel. Tune in next week and we'll talk to you soon.